The little cobalt blue islands that ensure progressive power in this country become more and more isolated, more and more cut off from the rest of the world. I mean, cut off from food, cut off from water, cut off from power, cut off from basic services that people need to live. That will lead to the capitulation of progressives, liberals, however, that's the end game. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. I thought my voice is a little whacked out right now. You may not recognize my voice, but as you all know, I'm joined by my co-host in the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Well, hello, everybody. Would you like to hear how a hypothetical patriot uprising turns out from an intel analyst who participated in the planning exercise? That would be Jack Decker, who's one of our most popular guests. He returns with us on this episode. He will also talk about how reckless and dangerous Biden's claim is that half the country are, quote, semi-fascist and what that might lead to. He's going to answer Patreon questions in the after show. So sit back and enjoy the ride. Well, hey, wait a minute. I want folks to remember something we talked about last week, but I'll remind you. We had a testimonial from one of our listeners talking about how a nearby lightning strike knocked out a bunch of his neighbor's uh, solar system to the tune of several thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. But our listener it did not happen to why because he is all wired up with emp shield emp shield is a device that will protect your devices from an emp a cme your lightning strike and who knew a lightning strike yeah we're talking about this man was able to save about twenty five thousand dollars worth of his equipment because he was wired into emp and was using their devices which are basically a big huge gargantuan surge protector so we love having them as a sponsor we love recommending their awesome products they're one of a kind encourage you to check them out at our website at prepping 2-0.com click on friends and affiliates you'll find two things there you'll find their logo and you'll find a coupon code which will save you $50 per device. Each device is right around the $400 range, so we're talking about a pretty significant savings. Exactly. Well, we wanted to let you guys know, if you are listening slash watching on YouTube, we got our second strike, which means we're doing something right. (laughs) Soon we will be kicked off of YouTube, which again means we're doing something right. No need to worry. No worries at all. You're a prepper, you're a planner, you have backup plans. And that would be iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, and Rumble. You can find all of the platforms you can listen to us on. And you really should have a backup platform for listening to the show ready and at hand. You don't want to just, you know, have radio silence from us and you're saying, what happened to them? So you can go on our website, prepping2-0.com, and look on the right side of the page. You're going to find logos and icons for all the different ways to get a hold of us. It would do us a tremendous favor and we would greatly appreciate it if when you're in a particular platform, let's say iTunes, that you rate us and comment on it because it really feeds the algorithm that then sends this show as a suggested show to people that are listening to similar things, which helps us grow the audience, which is very much appreciated. Well, and it kind of, I don't know, might help offset whatever's happening over at YouTube, but we don't care. I mean, we we really don't care. We know we live in a culture of canceling. We've digitally prepped. We've made Mm -hmm. it so that we have backup platforms from all the other main platforms. So no need to worry. Also, the first weekend in October, Sandpoint, Idaho, the Panhandle Preparedness Expo. It's like a yearly uh, homecoming. It's where all kinds of people from all over the country come and once a year. The weather, by the way, in the North Panhandle, is unbelievable well, and the leaves are changing oh. and it's crisp oh it's a beautiful time of year yeah it's fabulous lurker come out of the shadows you guys know what lurkers are they're the folks who only get half the show because they don't get the after show it's two or five dollars a month to become a patreon and get the after show it's a solid use of a few of your dollars enough said well let's get into it i am very happy to introduce my friend and a often guest on this show, Jack Decker. Jack, why don't you describe your background so folks know that they're listening to somebody who has a little bit of credibility. Uh, Roger that. Uh, First off, great to be back on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, Okay, my background, I started off joining the Army, uh, peacetime Army, 
uh, did nothing, went nowhere. <laughs> Became a police officer. Um, I was a police officer uh, for a time. And when Iraq first kicked off, I went over as a military contractor. After a few years, I was recognized for having certain abilities to be able to put pieces of a puzzle together and from those few pieces figure out what the actual picture was, essentially way, of, way ahead of everyone else. That got me noticed. I was brought onto the a Department of Defense contract as an intelligence analyst. And when I, when I left Iraq uh, for good in 2013, I left as a GS-15. And for those of you who aren't familiar with GS scale, that's as high up that food chain as you go without without Senate approval uh, and a nomination, which needless to say was never gonna happen uh, with me. And in, I believe it was 2016, um, when Hillary Clinton got a pass for having sent TS, SCI, top secret, sensitive compartmentalized information and SAP, special access program information through an unsecured server she was running out of her house and got a pass on, I resigned my position the next day and walked away from a low six-figure job because at that point I felt I was participating in a corrupt system and whether or not I was corrupt which I wasn't, but whether or not an individual who participates in a corrupt system is corrupt or not, they are still participating in that corrupt system. And I just couldn't look at myself in the mirror anymore. So I left. I now work in the corporate world and appear on your show from time to time. <laughs> and you appear on some other great shows. I've introduced you to some other great hosts and they absolutely love yeah. having you on. The number of downloads we're gonna have on this show will spike up because of Jack Decker and because of the experience you bring and also your moral character. I mean, you know, ditching a pension and a bunch of other stuff on principle is very rare in this world. Well, and it's appreciated because yeah. there's others out there that make those same sort of decisions and they need to feel like there's others that are as principled. So we appreciate it, Jack. One of the things you're most famous for on our show and others is the sand table exercise. And I'll take away the veil of mystery about what a sand table exercise is. It is when the government war games, they plan out stuff. The uh, phrase comes from a sand table with, you know, little figurines. And if this guy crosses this line, sort of like a toy thing. So describe the sand table exercise you were involved with and the scenario. What was the scenario of the sand table exercise you were involved with and how did it turn out? The overall scenario, it was how to address and to come up with a sequence of events for a domestic insurgency within the United States of America. And it wasn't tasked to be, you know, oh, if this side starts it or that side starts it, it was what would be the most likely scenario for this situation to arise and what the circumstances that would lead to it would be. So it was very, very, very open-ended, and the, the outcome was that the left would be the ones that initially uh, kicked things off. Whether you want to call them you know, liberals, Democrats, progressives, you know, whatever the term of the week is, um, they would be the ones driving the formation of an actual shooting war here in the United States. So, okay, I have just a little softball question here. As soon as we hear the word insurgency, we hear the term, we think of January 6th. Please tell me that wasn't part of the, the exercise. Uh, please tell me. I mean, <laughs> okay, that, that's, that was the reaction I was looking for, but tell us what you think about that, Jack. Uh, the, the January 6th insurgency, um, or what they call an insurgency, my my first reaction to it and watching it on television as most people did was you guys are a pack of idiots. Um, <laughs> you know, the, you know, history doesn't necessarily repeat, but it often rhymes. And what we saw on January 6th was the Reichstag fire 2.0. 
And for those who aren't familiar with the Reichstag fire um, in Germany, um, the Reichstag was their version of the capital. It burned to the ground one night and supposed, supposedly uh, several communists had gotten into the building, lit the fire, committed the arson, burned it to the ground, and that furthered the rise of the National Socialist Party and Adolf Hitler in Germany because it allowed the, the National Socialists to absolutely demonize the, their political opposition within the country. Um, and as we've seen, that's exactly what January 6th has handed the uh, Democratic Socialists in this country. <laughs> Well, and, and back to the, the that's that's great, by the way. Yeah, I, I had the same reaction for what it's worth. And I'm not an intelligence analyst. Um, well, you, you you gentlemen have common sense. I mean, yeah, if you were. Oh, my gosh. What's sad? It's is pretty that? obvious what what January yes. 6th was and what it was not. Yes. Um, back to the sand table exercise. Describe how the scenario unfolds and describe how it ultimately ends. And you've made a reference in the past to quarters in a football game sort of describing the beginning the middle and the end so tell us about how this scenario unfolded roger well the 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 sand table exercise itself it isn't a necessarily a roadmap it's more along the lines of southern directions you know you go on down there yonder a bit um but what the way that it played out in the most likely scenario um is that during a, a leftist administration, and it was predicated on them having the, the trifecta, the House, the Senate, and the presidency, um, that there would be a major crisis, a manufactured crisis that would occur. Um, at the time that a few of us got back together again and you know just shot ideas back and forth, um, we all agreed it wasn't, it wasn't COVID, um, you know, COVID, doesn't present an enemy. What they're going to need is some sort of large terrorist-type attack on on the country or another nation-state actor that they could blame it on. Um, the The general consensus was it would be either a low-yield nuke, a dirty uh, a dirty bomb, or a uh, or an EMP. And what that will do is generate a military response. It will unite the country in anger, um, as we saw happen on 9-11. You know, September 12th, everybody forgot political parties. Um, and then they, the next step for them was to be taking off the streets, middle-of-the-road kind of journalists, uh, bloggers, podcasters, pundits, um, things of those names things of that nature um and oddly enough um <laughs> we came up with a number of uh, 2231 and while this seems like rather odd to get it down to such a uh, a specific number there is there exists a, a predictive analysis program and what it does is it's it's almost ai <laughs> And it's used to determine public reaction to any government initiative. Um, it, it's just a huge data mining program. And what the what the number spit out was that that number was would have the best effect and the least immediate reaction. And yeah, I'm not talking you know like a like a Tucker Carlson or or an Alex Jones um, type of person that has really wide range um but guys like i i don't know if you guys follow youtube but i like uh, rageaholic and sticks hex and hammer um you know the, the middle of the road guys you know that have five thousand five hundred thousand maybe a million followers kind of thing um and what they're going to do is the guys like tucker carlson alex jones they are high profile enough that they can be controlled um, by the government. They really, and they know that they have nowhere else to hide. Like Alex Jones, wherever he goes on a planet is going to be Alex Jones. Most people aren't going to notice, you know, you know, sticks out in the wild. 
the and the the issue with this is you know a lot of the response and the back and forth we had was like well how is this going to happen you know won't you know various law enforcement agencies even on the federal level understand that you know like what's going on is going to be going to be wrong and you know they're right you know not not every single federal agent out there is you know this died in the wall leftist progressive radical what the way that they're going to do it is they will do it legally and we're actually seeing this happen right now i mean the fbl fbi pardon me went and raided the houses of what was it 35 or 40 uh donald trump supporters um <laughs> they scooped up mike lindell you know as he was in the drive-through getting breakfast and took a cell phone from him and the reason that this is happening at least are the guys on the street are going out and exercising you know, the, these various warrants is because it's done. And I say this in air quotes legally, they, the higher ups, you know, they're, you know, we, we used to call them echelons beyond reality. Uh, you know, like the Strock homie Brennan level type of individuals. Um, you know, they are manufacturing probable cause to go out and get these warrants. So the individuals that are going out and exercising this honestly believe that they're doing the right thing. Um, you know, we saw it in the false FISA applications uh, to spy on the Donald Trump campaign in 2016. The FBI went and swore out warrants based on Carter Page talking to Russians, knowing full well that the Central, Intelli Central Intelligence Agency instructed Carter Page to go talk to Russians. But the guy on the ground who, you know, gets the warrant, you know, to start listening in to Mr. Page's communications sees, oh, Carter Page is talking to Russians, you know, that they're going to interfere in the election. He thinks he's doing the right thing. But it, it's all it's all engineered that way. And as these scoop ups occur, the concept was that the media, which by and large, you know, with very few notable exceptions march in lockstep with these left-wing extremists will portray those that are scooped up and anybody who starts asking questions about it as you know white supremacists nazis fascists you know it, it, all, all the terms we've been hearing you know over the past few years um and another and that, that and it also ties back into the, the major crisis that they manufactured because everyone's attention will be focused elsewhere as these, these left-wing radicals start moving pieces around on the board. Describe the reaction. And, oh, pardon me. Um, <laughs> no problem. I was actually going to, I was actually going to go into, uh, go into the reaction. Yes. Um, now anybody who has any kind of, common sense and who has any presence, um, you know, as far as, you know, blogging or podcasting or YouTube or, or radio shows or whatnot. By that point, most of us have a decent head on our shoulders. So we're going to realize what's going on. Um, the ones that have the means will more than likely drop off the map. Um, you know, I, I don't know about you. I, I typically keep a good amount of cash on me. Um, you know, unfortunately, the state that I live in has, like, license plate readers for bridges and stuff. Um, you know, so movement will be tracked. Um, you know, if I decide to drive, there's other ways, public transportation. Um, but at this point, most of the, the conservatives, the patriots, the right, um, are essentially going to be in shell shock mode and trying to figure out how to keep themselves and their families out of some federal detention center in the middle of nowhere. Um, but the, the, the problem that the left is going to have is any conflict will either end or grind into a stalemate. Um, yeah. And we saw it happen in, we saw it happen in the middle East. Uh, we saw it happen in Afghanistan. You know, you have, you know, four or five months of hoopla, and then it settles down into, 
you know, grinding counterinsurgency, and people tend to lose interest. And that's where individuals are going to start actually applying critical thinking rather than just being, for lack of a better term, uh, reactionary. And this is where things start to come apart for the left. And the at this point, what, what we came up with is this is where the bigger players that weren't scooped up during round one, round two, start coming back on the scene. Um, they they know what's going on. They'll we'll start openly openly saying, you know, hey people, this is what's going on. This is what our government's doing. You know, this is illegal. This is immoral. Uh, you know, the mainstream media, of course, will do what they did with the Hunter Biden laptop. Um, <laughs> Yeah, when even Mark Zuckerberg gets on, uh, I think it was the Joe Rogan show, and says, yeah, the FBI ordered us to bury the Hunter, Hunter Biden story. Um, <laughs> you know, but the, the, the left-wing media will most definitely do a black helicopters, conspiracy theory, uh, you know, taking the, taking the page from Saul Alinsky, you know, mock and deride those who are speaking the truth. And... It's at this point that you're going to have the reactionary elements within both sides um, come out. And, you know, I, I hate saying it, but, you know, most of the, most of the quote, militias out there, um, you know, it, it's a lot of LARPing, live action role play. You know what? And uh, Jack, know, they, I'm going to stop you right there because we want to keep listening, of course. But of course, there's the rudeness of all the breaks that we have to take. I'm gonna, we're going <laughs> to join you back on the other side of the break. Folks, you just got rolling, Jack. Yeah, it always oh my happens gosh, with I hate this. breaks. So folks, don't go away. <laughs> we're going to be coming right back with Jack Decker. We want to give a quick shout out to our great sponsors, Katie Armour, Backwoods Home Magazine, My Kind CBD, New Mana Foods, Minuteman Coffee and U.S. Law Shield. Check them out at prepping2-0.com. Don't go away. We have about a minute, and I wanted to let um, folks know that we're going to tease segment two. We're going we're gonna to make sure people are holding over on the break. And uh, so, Jack, um, tell us what you just described in a minute or so. Tell us what quarter it is in a football game, what you just described. What quarter would that be? Right now, we are approaching halftime. We are at the end of the second quarter, and it's it's time to start laying out the cards and running the plays that are going to provide a win at the end of the game. And just to be a spoiler, uh, the good guys end up winning. I hate to say the spoiler, but, I mean, it's important <laughs> for folks to know. And we're going to get into why it is that the Patriots win in the end. Again, in this sand table exercise, which is not exactly reality. I mean, it, it was based on facts from a few years ago. So I don't want people to read too much into it, but it's a fascinating insight into the mind of the federal government and what they were concerned about and what a room full of really smart intel analysts came up with as a roadmap for what's going on. So stick with us to the next segment, everybody. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. 
PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Love America and a great cup of coffee? At Minutemen Coffee, we're passionate about our freedom, liberty, and exceptional coffee. Minutemen Coffee is a nationally recognized specialty coffee roaster, offering small batch roasted coffee for the people. Our heritage line is something for everyone, featuring dark, medium, and light roast that are bold but not bitter and offered in whole bean, drip, and K-Pods. Our liberal tears decaf also packs bold flavor for those who want delicious, satisfying coffee any time of the day. Plus, a portion of Minutemen Coffee sales goes to first responders and veteran-focused charities. And check out our coffee club for free shipping, 15% off, and the freedom to choose your roast grind quantity and how often you want it delivered. Shop online at MinutemenCoffee.com and use promo code FREEDOM at checkout for 15% off your first order. And have the freshest, most delicious coffee in the country delivered right to your door. Go to MinutemenCoffee.com. That's MinutemenCoffee.com. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. Thanks for rejoining us. We're soaking up the information for one of our most popular guests, Jack Decker. Stick around, though, for the after show. If you're a Patreon, you get to hear Jack's answer to your questions. But as you can tell from what Jack is saying, living in a red state might save your life. If you're thinking about relocating, we have a couple of people for you to think about. You can check out two of our great uh, sponsors over at redstate-realtors.com. We have Jared Savick over here. In, in Mon- what state? Montana. Montana. We love Montana. It's, it's been a little smoky. I should explain that. Why does Shelby have such a raspy voice right now, Glenn? It is not because you were smoking crack with Hunter Biden. Oh, my gosh. That is not the reason. I want everyone to know that she did not do that last night. No, what last night, besides the wildfires. I can't speak. I'm just going to let him riff. All right. I'm so sorry, everyone. the wildfires that we have here. Which has created air quality unlike, it's apocalyptic. It's been really, really bad. It's creepy out there, like the streetlights come on at three in the afternoon. But... The reason her voice is hoarse is that last night was Friday night. Friday night in real America is high school football, and it's what it's all about. And we had a high school football home game. I am very honored to be the announcer for our small towns team, which is an absolute blast. The Glen Tate personality comes out in some of the most unique ways in some of the calls. But Shelby, being the proud mom that she is of one of the players, Joel, was screaming her head off. I could hear you all the way up I'm in the booth, to, dear. I'm trying to um, match your volume. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> but I have a I have a microphone and you don't. So she's a little hoarse because she was cheering for Joel in one of the most wholesome American endeavors there is, and that is Friday night high school football. With it is air, a magnificent with thing. an air quality around 280. Whoo! Okay, so any hoosers, but uh, that's why I. We live in a red state. Back to Jared Savage. Yeah. Wow, that was you a You should rabbit. live in a red state, yes, too. Yes, where it's going to be nice and smoky <laughs> because national forests nearby are not tended to. Anyway, um, Jared, though, is great. He will help you find uh, a great prepping place for you, your family. He, that he and his wife are preppers, too, and they know what you're looking for. What if you're thinking about Tennessee? Tennessee's another great place. Check out Lizzie McDaniels. She's over there. If you click on the Tennessee at Red State Dash Realtors, she'll help you out over there. And But check out all of the states, too. There's mm-hmm. some great realtors in all the states. So, But anyway... I wanted to let you know about the archive episode of the week. This is where we go back and we look at really old episodes and we remind you that they exist. We tell you what they're about. And so you can go back and listen to them because to be honest, we have quite the library. We're on episode 203 right now. We have a couple hundred shows behind us. So episode nine, which aired on, get this, December 19th, 2018. Back in the good old days. Back in That's the good four old years days. ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah, when store, grocery stores had food and stuff. It was awesome. The good old days. Anyway, back in 2018, episode nine was called Bartering, Trading Posts, and Alternative Currencies. And you can tell what the show was about from the name of it. It was really great. I highly recommend it because one of the, the stresses that you as a prepper have is the stress of trying to have all the stuff you need. And it is impossible for you to have all the stuff you need, you need to have another way of getting stuff. And may I humbly suggest that bartering, trading posts, and alternative currencies is the way to get a bunch of stuff that you can't possibly stockpile on your own. So number one, you're gonna learn a lot. And number two, you're gonna have peace of mind because you have another way of getting stuff. So we were talking to Jack and he was mentioning the uh, the, the initial roundup of, of conservatives in, in this table, uh, sand table exercise. And he said, we're at about halftime. Jack, describe how the second half of this game unfolds. Right. Well, the, the second half, um, you're, you're going to start seeing open street combat. And I, I touched on it before in the earlier segment where I say, you know, a lot of these militias essentially engage in live action role play, you know, walk, walking down the street with play carriers and helmets and all this sort of thing. Um, what you'll see, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying that to be derogatory towards their intentions, their goals, their personal beliefs, in no way, shape, or form. It's just by doing that, they expose who they are, where they are, what they're doing. It's just really poor opsec. It's really poor persec. And when you have the occurrences like that going on. Of course, the left will send out their, you know, BLM Antifa shock troops to go and meet them to incite a reaction. And, of course, you know, the media is going to be there and they will push the, you know, the heavily edited clips of, you know, the white supremacists mowing down, you know, the peaceful protesters. And it's odd that when this was originally written, you know, 10, 12 years ago, we just saw that occur with Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. You know, Kyle Rittenhouse, the white supremacist murderer who went out to go kill, you know, peaceful protesters, uh, you know, almost word for word from this original document back in the day, we saw we saw it go down. Wow. Um, and from that point, you know, it was proposed that the feds would go on the offensive, um, you know, big time against, you know, constitutionalists, conservatives. Um and the outcome is to push those who don't hold progressive beliefs just into absolute exhaustion, um, induce either desertion from being active on the right to outright abandoning it, um, abandoning it entirely. But this is where something that the government cannot control and never will be able to come into control comes into play. Um, and we called it the, the militia of one. This is the ultimate gray man, a guy who doesn't post on the Internet, um, who doesn't go and visit conservative websites. If he is online, he posts photos of his dinner or his kid or his dog or something. Um, And that's the guy that's out there with, you know, his scope rifle, 
you know, good old thirty out six or a seven millimeter oh eight gear rifle. And at this point we figured that the media would be considered essentially enemy combatants because they are acting as the propaganda wing of the left. And this is where the, the psychological aspect of this comes in is, you know, some reporters somewhere will be, you know, giving a, uh, giving a live broadcast, you know, on the, the evil white supremacist, yada, yada. And their head gets turned into a pink mist. And they'll, someone will notice that half an hour before there was a photo of this reporter's head taken through the crosshairs of the scope. Um, and the idea behind that is to convince the media that maybe backing the left isn't the greatest thing to do. Um, it will then progress to politicians um, being targeted. It'll be pushed to high-level bureaucrats being targeted. And as the federal government starts locking itself down as media personalities, who have the means to do so, start locking themselves down, locking themselves away from the public. All of that's going to filter down until the poor 17 to $20 an hour security guard, you know, working for Wackenhut, standing outside of a federal building somewhere becomes a target. Um, and it, at that point, we have tipped over into full-scale insurgency. That's where you're going to see um, large amounts of federal agents just either not showing up for work or actively helping the opposition. You will see local police, and you're seeing this happen now. You know, again, you know, this document was written 12, 12 years ago in its original form. The thought was local police would wash their hands of the entire mess and say, you know what, guys, you made your bed, you can now lay in it. And we saw that happen uh, during the BLM riots, where officers are just like, well, you know, if I stop this guy from killing you, I'm going to be the one going to jail. Have at it, dudes. Not my problem. Um, so you're starting to see some of these things come into play. Um, but it, at the end of the day, what you're going to see is the little cobalt blue islands that ensure progressive power in this country become more and more isolated, more and more cut off from the rest of the world. And by cut off from the rest of the world, I mean cut off from food, cut off from water, cut off from power, cut off from basic services that people need to live. That is what will lead to the, the capitulation of progressives, liberals, however. You know, that, that's, that's the end game, um, is that once you isolate these little pockets, um, and, you know, again, we could see this happening in Ukraine during their offenses. Um, you know, they isolate pockets of Russian troops, force the surrender, force another pocket, force the surrender. That's what we see happening here because the individuals who have the skill sets to go out and do this tend to lean heavily to the right. Um, you know, the, the, the military by and large, 85%, you know, conservative, patriotic, you know, they, they reject these progressive ideals. And at the end of the, at the end of the game, um, you know, it's, there was varying opinions on whether we return to an actual Republic or, you know, we swing into a, a hard right kind of dictatorship. Uh, yeah, my assessment was, you know, a return to a constitutional republic, a curtailment of central government power, and return to, you know, the federalist standard. You know, I, I, I always say, I'll even use the word confederacy, because I say, you know, the North was right for the wrong reasons, and the South was wrong for the right reasons. Um, so, but at the end of the day, I think we will see an abandonment of any concept or idea um, that could be thought to be progressive. And a lot of that's due to military and law enforcement tending to uh, trend heavily towards the patriotic side of things, towards the constitutionalist side of things, at least outside of major cities. Wow, that is, that is hopeful. That's what I was saying when I teased it at the end of the first segment. 
the good guys end up winning. This is not to say anybody wants this to happen. This is a horrible thing. Yeah. Nobody wants this. I know you don't want it, Jack. We've had private conversations. Nobody wants Roger, this. I mean, yeah, please go ahead. I, I, I was about to say, I've lived through it in three different countries. And the last thing I want to see here is my wife and son exposed to what I've been through. I don't want my neighbors, my friends, right. to be exposed to what I've been through. Um, yeah, I, I spend way too many times raising glasses in honor of, you know, really good guys who, by all rights, should still be here. Right. You know, it, it's in no way, shape, or form or I, am I advocating for this. This is just a hard, cold, emotionless, um, emotionless look at where we are going as a nation and the people. Well, well, well and oh, go ahead. Well, and that's the thing. This is a process that has begun. There's no going back. We are, like you, I think you said, and we're in the second quarter. We can't go back to the to the starting whistle, you know, so this is something we're going to have to go through one way or another. And that's a perfect segue, Shelby, for the other thing we're going to talk about, which is uh, so-called President Biden's speech about semi-fascism. Given what that's the, the table you've just laid, the the stage you've just set, Jack, how does Biden's speech about basically half the country being semi-fascists and and that's a fair reading of what he said how does that fit into this scenario i think i know the answer but you're going to explain it better than i could it, it absolutely it dovetails in perfectly with the 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 ruling class the ruling progressive class the elite progressive class and the mainstream media demonizing anyone who dares stand in opposition to them and the, the term fascism, you know, people, you know, automatically think, you know, the, the, the Nazi Party, the National Socialist Democrat Workers Party of Germany in the 30s. But the, the problem is a lot of people don't even understand what fascism started out as, what fascism became, because Mussolini was originally a communist, a socialist, um, and an active one, a student of Marx, a student of Engels. Um, fascism in and of itself was a labor movement, an agrarian movement. But what it eventually ended up being is a, an autocratic system of government. Now, they will say racial and national purity included in that because that's you know, the, the modern definition thereof, which at the time really wasn't true. I mean, it, there was a hatred of Jews throughout Europe, but that was not specifically a fascist concept at the time. Anti-Semitism was, you know, the, the thing of the day. Um, as much as I don't like saying it, it, but that's history. What fascism turned into was, you know, the, originally it was the, automat, the autocratic control. It was a planned economy. It was people having essentially free health care, um, as in Germany. Uh, you know, there were, they abolished interest rates. Everything was borrowed from the government, um, and you could be paid back without interest. So a lot of these progressive ideas that we see happening right now, um, but what that concept expanded to include was, you know, the brutal suppression of opposition the use of secret police to harass, intimidate, and disappear enemies, a vastly, vastly expanded and incredibly powerful bureaucracy. And although neither Mussolini nor Hitler equated fascism to corporatism, what it wound up as is a blend of government power and corporate power working hand-in-hand -hand for the betterment of each other. So the, the end result of, fasc of fascism in Europe during, you know, the early 1900s until 1945 was what we're seeing right now with leftists in the United States. And so by, by Biden saying, oh, the Republicans are, you know, or the conservatives or the patriots are the fascists. They they're simply projecting, right. um, and yes. 
Leftists, yeah. are, leftists are great at projecting. Um, Describe what know, projecting they, is. Describe what it is. It's pretty obvious from what you're saying, but some folks may be unfamiliar with the term. Projection is applying what you're doing, something wrong that you're doing or something you know to be wrong, and accusing someone else of being the one doing it. Um, you know, for, for a rather stark example, um, you know, the, the, the current trope is everyone on the right is conservative, they're white supremacists, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone on the left is caring and tolerant and inclusive. Well, just breaking this down and, and very broad brushing, the conservative side of things say everyone could either succeed or fail based on their talent. It doesn't matter what skin color you are. It doesn't matter what religion you are. It doesn't matter what nationality you are. If you're here, you have the ability to succeed or fail on your own merits. Whereas the left says, if you have a certain skin color, you can't succeed in this country without help from, you know, big daddy government and the white man. Which of those two outlooks is racist? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, I would never, um, a, a friend of mine uh, that I've known for a long time from Iraq, became a very, very successful businessman. And when I first met him in Iraq, he had an actual slave tag that belonged to his great-great-grandfather. And this tag allowed his ancestor to go out and go fishing by himself. That was his task. And, you know, I asked him, I'm like, dude, what the hell? You know, like, you consider yourself to be a slave? And he goes, no, I wear this as a reminder of how far I have come despite the fact that that's where I came from. Wow. And he is a hardcore conservative. He is a hardcore patriot. And that's the attitude that we, as a general rule, take. And that's what projecting is. Right. So the left is saying, you know, that, that we're the racist, yet we're the ones that truly embody Dr. King's statement of judging somebody on the content of their character. Whereas a leftist will look at a black, that same guy and say, oh, you're poor, you're repressed, you can't succeed without help from me, which you, is just an aberrant, disgusting mindset. It is. It's terrible. And one of the things, and here's my reaction to the Biden speech, and I'm curious if what you think about this reaction, if you agree with it or not. My over, Besides being offended, because like you were saying, conservatives – are not racist and we we bristle we we reject being called fascist because we understand what fascism is and it's so opposite of how we are it's a really big insult but there's the insult factor but then i started thinking about it more the problem with what biden said was that if you're really going to accuse half the country of being fascist and everyone can agree fascism is bad Fascism is so bad, there's only one cure for it, and that is snuffing it out with force if necessary. And so what Biden was indirectly saying, or I should say what flows logically from what Biden said, if half the country are fascists, that must mean you need to kill half the population. And that's incredibly reckless. That is beyond reckless. There are no words for what a terrible, terrible idea uh, Biden is implying. What do you think about this idea that if half of America are really fascists, then the government by necessity is going to need to do some pretty bold things, kind of like the uh, sand table exercise you were talking about? How does it fit together? Well, the, the thing to realize about progressives, and if you spend any time on like Twitter or Facebook or, you know, any of those types, um, you know, you realize that these people truly do live in an absolute bubble. Um, You know, they believe that things are going to play out exactly the way that they want to, and they see no issue with this because the left has always viewed violence against their opponents the same way we look at a thermostat in the house. You know, it goes from holding up a sign somewhere all the way up to murder. And everything within that range is acceptable, and it will be dialed up and down as necessary. And up until this point, the right has, in general, again, very, very broad brushes. There are outliers. The right has never really initiated violence. 
Um, you know, you could say the Oklahoma City bombing, obviously, um, you know, and several others. But in general, you don't see that level of violence coming from the right. And the, the reason being, while the left views it as a thermostat, the right views it as an on and off switch. There's either I'm going to vote my way out of this and hope for the best, or I am going to shoot everybody in the face. <laughs> um, you know, and the right in general, because we respect the laws and the institutions of this republic, do not want to cross that line. So if I'm, I'm not even going to say when the progressives finally push that one step too far and you're starting to see the panic now is more and more people are waking up to what they're actually doing. Um, the pushes are going to become more strident. We saw that during Biden's speech, you know, again, with saying, you know, essentially half the country needs to be exterminated. And just the imagery that was used yeah. during that speech. Like, I was sitting there with my mouth hanging open, and I'm like, they just literally pulled the set from V from Vendetta and stuck Biden center stage. Yeah. It was shocking. And, and it. And they know what they're doing. These these are not stupid people. Um, you know, they may be ignorant, but they're not stupid. They knew exactly what they were doing with that. Because Absolutely. that kind of imagery is powerful. The, the reason that Mussolini, the reason that Hitler, the reason that Stalin used those kinds of backdrops is to project overwhelming power. And again, going back to um, Alinsky, Power doesn't necessarily mean the power that you have, but the power that your opponent thinks you may have. Mm. And what they are trying to do, you know, and again, this is just my opinion, is to project that type of power to dishearten those who are starting to wake up to what the government is about and to essentially cow them, to beat them down before they start pushing back. Jack, we have about a minute. I wanted to ask you a question that hopefully you can answer in a minute. And that is, do you think that the Biden semi-fascist speech will be one of those iconic moments that when we look back at the history of what happened in the United States, we look back at that speech and say, this was a major escalation, a major turning point? It, it most definitely is a tipping point. And the timing from the quote, January 6th insurrection um, until Hitler's ultimate rise uh, or the Reichstag fire to uh, Adolf Hitler's securing of the German government and as chancellor of Germany. Uh, the timing's about right on spot. So <laughs> history doesn't repeat, but it sure does rhyme. Well, and we're going to have to we're going to have to cut you off at that. Shelby's got a few well, things to take us Well, that's almost a better out. note to yeah. finish on than mine from one of our founding fathers who understood freedom, Benjamin Franklin. He reminds us, folks, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. And boy, we sure got some good insight as to why we need to be preparing, folks. Have a great week, everyone. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.